Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Courtside Soundout, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Angel Ortega. He's Nate Beggs. Yes, you heard that right. He is Nate Beggs. He is back once again on the show. Sadly, Josh had to take some time off. For personal reasons, he might be taking off a little longer. I don't know. We haven't decided that yet. Um, We're still trying to figure that out, but he might be back next week. But we're going to be recapping the pay-per-view last week, this weekend's uh, uh, fight night. And we're going to have a little bit of boxing news. We'll keep it a little short and compact for the week, just because Josh isn't here to talk about certain topics. But for the most part, everything we usually do will be covered. But we're going to talk about our first sponsor of the day, Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy was founded in January of 2017 to be the best gaming drink in the world. They have developed a premium stack in the form of of a delicious energy and focus drink. It's designed to replace unhealthy canned energy drinks, coffee, and even traditional pre-workouts, Rogue Energy is sugar-free and is loaded with vitamins, antioxidants, and nootropics. And design, they design Rogue Energy for the emerging professional competitive gaming market. And it continues to have fantastic carryover and success with students, athletes, entrepreneurs, and anyone looking to optimize their mental and physical health. If you want 10% off your order, use code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off all your energy needs. Alrighty, let's get into it. Last Saturday night... <sighs> In the beautiful state of Houston, Texas, a new champion was crowned in the lightweight division. I believe it's either 12th or 13th champ was crowned. Charles Dubronx Oliveira, KO's Michael Chandler, and and what was kind of one of the best first round fights we've had this year. Uh, I mean, I had everything, uh, grappling, striking, like any match, obviously, but just a perfect mixture of intensity and how it started and how that first round ended and how it all led into the second. Um, you know, Nate, how did you feel about it? Were you happy with the outcome? Did you did you think Charles was going to win? I, I had picked Michael Chandler. Josh had picked Michael Chandler. I had talked about how I didn't think Chandler was going to get submitted. Obviously, there was a close moment there initially in that first round. And uh, I said if there was a way for Charles to win, it wasn't going to be a submission. It was going to be uh, a finish. And it ended up being that. I was right, but I didn't end up predicting him. So, you know, Nate, what are, what are your initial thoughts on uh, Oliveira being champion and kind of how it happened and kind of how that round unfolded? You know, I don't, I don't really want either of those guys to be champion. I want, you know, Dustin, Dustin to come back and uh, take what's, what should be his. But you know, my favorite part of the fight was actually uh, when uh, Chandler uh, got a seat pulled out from under him. I actually, <laughs> that killed me. Um, yeah, I didn't see Charles winning that fight, but uh, but he did, and it's okay. You know, longest, uh, longest, uh, what is it? Uh, time, time to get to the title fight. Didn't he have like? 18 fights in the organization it's more than that actually it's like 28, 28 it was fights in the it's it's something crazy like that yes it is to get a title fight and you want it so good for him yeah good for him um as far as matchups a lot of us are kind of on the page that it's gonna be the winner of dustin connor um which honestly as far as like name value me and josh had talked about how Oliveira versus any of those guys as far as the name matchup wasn't going to be as exciting if chandler would have won or would have won and would have had the Connor matchup or the Dustin matchup because obviously with Dustin there's uh, some history there, and with Connor obviously the name, so we knew that was going to be interesting. Uh, but you know, I I told Josh I think the the deeper story is the Oliveira story, obviously him coming into the UFC, not having the greatest start, uh, 
being very young and then coming on this win streak uh, and and finding this kind of a uh, you know come, coming to life with everything and kind of coming you know becoming this better better fighter and, and getting all these submissions getting all these finishes and and, and just getting to this point in his career now where he, he has the championship, and it was a finish, and uh, there was a lot of that behind him. Obviously, a lot of the media was around Chandler because Chandler came in with a hive coming up from another organization. Uh, you know, obviously, it would have been an American champ, and he, he would have been a, a big representative for, for a lot of people then. But now we got a, another Brazilian now in Oliveira. And as far as matchup, Nate, you know, kind of get into that. Are you, you, know, are, are you kind of on the same page as, like, Dustin and, and Connor being that matchup? Whoever that wins that uh, fights Oliveira for the title. I'm okay with that, but if they also want to push Gaethje, you know, if one like you know, we never know if one of them will get hurt. If Gaethje wants to step in there, I like that matchup too. And it, I feel like it's a hard push, a really hard push. But you could try to push Benil. You could try, but you know, it mm-hmm. just depends on how the UFC, you know, wants to handle that. You know how they are. I, I was talking. To, uh, I I think I might have talked to this in the past. If I think I don't know if I'd talked to. I don't know if I'd mentioned on the on the podcast or not. But I had mentioned how if for some reason Chandler were to lose, or now that Chandler did lose, uh, I was a really big fan of the Justin Gaethje-Chandler uh, fight if uh, Chandler was coming off a loss. Uh, would you be interested in a Chandler-Gaethje fight? Uh, which one would you? Uh, they don't have the same manager. Which one was that? Islam uh, and Justin were the ones who had the same manager, but I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michael Chandler versus Gaethje or like Benio versus Gaethje. I like any of them, you know. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I actually lean towards Benio versus Gaethje more than... Michael Chandler versus Gaethje. Not trying to be prejudiced, but you know, I want to, you know, the less times Americans fight each other, the more chances we have, you know, another, you know, United States champ, you know, all about, you know, repping the U.S., you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Alrighty. And then how do you feel now? Do you, how do you feel about, do you think Benil should be maybe looking to, would you have an issue if they give Benil the title shot? Obviously, that was a conversation that came up actually more more this week rather than last week there wasn't too much talk about it but it's kind of like i think he has the second longest active win streak right now in the lightweight division uh also himself built his way back up uh didn't have that bad of a start in his career in the ufc had a couple losses in between if he would i mean honestly if you look at his record if he didn't if he had one loss less in between uh he'd be kind of in the position he is now a little sooner um uh i'm not the biggest fan of it but i think it'd be Sounds interesting. kind of boring doesn't it like compared to all the other names that you can match up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously the name power is a big deal, but obviously Benil's on the come up. He just took Tony Ferguson down, which we'll get into that in a, in a second. But you know, I don't know. I I wouldn't have the biggest issue. It'd be kind of like, well, he's at. I mean, if he takes the fight, at least he's out of the mix. If he ends up losing or not, at least for a while, you know, not not to disrespect him or anything. Obviously, you know, you want to see all these guys succeed in some form or way in in the sport. But uh, Benil ended up. Uh, well, I guess we can kind of lead into it now. But he ended up winning against Tony in, a, in maybe not the most exciting fashion. But he ended up dominating Tony, honestly, on the ground. Uh, Tony only threw, let me look here, 15 significant strikes, a total of 37. And honestly, I don't know how significant they were if Benil at no point in that fight ever looked kind of injured or really damaged. Uh, so that was, that was a, he had a, he attempted a six takedowns, got three of them. And honestly, those probably each for one, two, and three. <laughs> That's probably the breakdown of him. One takedown per round, and uh, now we sit here, and Tony is riding, a, I believe, a three win loss streak officially. I think there was something that in Tony's last two, three fights, or I don't know how much, it, I don't know what it was, but he had thrown a total of maybe like thirty strikes, something crazy like that, like a very low amount, or landed like thirty significant strikes or something like that. Uh, 
as far as Tony Nate, do you think we're getting we're getting to the end? Do you think time is getting to him? Do you think he he should really fight another top five guy, or should he be fighting like a a guy in like maybe the fifteen to eleven range? I want I want Tony to take another like uh another like eight month break off, you know, because like you watch these last couple fights, dude, like his arm about to you know like he just hyperextends too much, and I think he needs like a long break. Like, you know, just give him, like, a long six, eight months off, you know, and then let him come back and fight. Mm-hmm. And obviously, uh, I forgot what it was. It was an ankle block, knee bar. I can't remember. But also that submission. I mean, he didn't tap to that. I mean. Was that his knee, too? Like, his bad knee? That might have been his bad knee. I don't know what it was. But, you know, there was still – there was an attack on the leg there. Still didn't tap to that submission. Tough, dude. You know, being tough isn't always the smartest thing, especially in this sport. But, uh you know, as far as looking forward, uh, we talked a little bit about Benil and Tony right there. Uh, is there any matchup you particularly like to see for Benil? Because I'm kind of lost with Benil. I really don't know what if I'm in the UFC, what I do with Benil. Because he's really not off from, he's not really far away from a title shot. And I really don't see him fighting anybody that isn't above him at this point. Because he's now ranked three, I believe. And I think the people above him are Gaethje, Dustin, and obviously Oliveira. And he's above Connor now, uh, if I remember the power rankings off the top of my mm-hmm, head correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what would you like to see for Benio? Mm. Yeah, I guess I fight someone because it's so locked up there. Uh, like you give him, I, I think Gaethje, Chandler, you could give him if Connor or Dustin lose. You know, one of those guys. You can give him any three of those guys. I think the best matchup for him though, like the be- the one that makes the most sense. You know, that you could push really fast right now is uh Justin. Cause you know, you know, Connor, Dustin, are they? They like to take take some time off. But if you give him Justin, you know, he's I think he's in pretty good fit health right now. You know, Benil doesn't take too much damage, or a uh, you know, Michael Chandler. I, don't know, I think Mike, I think they want Michael Chandler to sit down for a while. I don't know. I mean, I guess you're right. As far as fast turnaround, it'll probably be Benil. He could probably do a quick fight. Like he can fight Gage here in a few months. So maybe that wouldn't be a bad bid. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad bet, and he could probably guarantee himself in the title position after that. Um, because I guess you're right. Obviously, Michael's going to have to go through protocol and probably be out for a little while, so he probably won't be – he wants to fight – I won't say too soon, but he uh, wants to get in the mix again. He, so I uh, completely understand. I'm, I'm sure the UFC is going to try to push, though, for Gaethje Chandler just because just, just, that's just how they are. They really won't be giving well, Benio too much love. It sounds it sounds really good, though, Gaethje Chandler compared to like oh, Gaethje yeah. Benio. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a you know. Yeah. Now, uh, I know we're sticking a lot here on the main, like the first two fights of the card, but uh, I just want to bring up, have you watched anything kind of afterwards with Chandler, him talking about the loss and talking about everything by any chance? I'll watch a little bit, dude, like a very small portion, but no, not really. Yeah, okay, that's me. fine. Uh, well, I, I watched quite a bit. I, I listened to some of his sit-downs, and as far as kind of how he's reacted to it, I'm, 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 I'm very pleased. You know, you like to hear that out of a guy. He's like, you know, it's a bump in the road. We'll get back in the mix. Um, I know I made a mistake. Um uh, you know, he's like, I never doubted Oliveira. Uh, I don't know. I think he maybe came into it a little maybe overconfident, thought he was going to put him out. Didn't end up being the case. Ended up getting countered. Um, he's seen a lot Donna of Donna White privilege, dude. That's why. They were trying to push him too hard, you know? He thought he was, you know, hot shit, dude, but, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was that. I think he was capable. I think if we run this fight, like, a lot of times, there's a lot of times where Michael comes out on top. Maybe even more than Oliveira, I'll say that. Uh you know, I, I think going forward, he'll, we'll see him soon. We'll see him in a big fight. He wants to get back into it. He says he wants, you know, obviously, like any guy in this division, obviously he wants to be champ. That's the goal of everybody here. 
Um, like I said, I like I like a lot of things he's saying. Uh, he's a smart dude. You know, last time, anytime Chandler's ever came back from a loss, he's always came back better and, and strong and always recovered and got to that title position. So hopefully he does it again because, uh, honestly, I, I really like him. He was one of the guys, uh, when it came to one of the bigger promotions outside of the UFC, he's one of the guys I, I wanted to see really be in the UFC at one point, and now he is. So, you know, I think that's we'll wrap up that part of, of, of the fight card there. As far as moving forward, Rodrigo Bontrin and Matt Chanel. We don't get into. It. I don't want to get into that too much. Um, I, I thought Chanel was going to win that fight. Ended up not going like that. I'm pretty sure there was an opponent change there. I think they were supposed. Well, I can't remember who it was, but someone was supposed to fight Alex Perez originally. Uh, for the lady fight, Kayla Shikagi and Vivian Araujo. Uh, some people thought Vivian won that fight. I didn't. I thought Kaylin took it. Uh, Kind of my opinion on that. Did you feel any type of way about that fight, Nate, or did you think Caitlin took the fight? Oh, Caitlin, no doubt. All righty, yep. you'll love to see I'm it. Much say on it. And and then for what I what I thought was gonna be fight fight of the night, and I I definitely call it fight of the night. Uh, Shane Burgos, Edson Barbosa, man, getting that third round KO with a delayed finish. Shane Burgos, Shane Burgos didn't reacting delayed to the shots. Uh, man. Uh, I picked Edson Barbosa to win this fight. Uh, Shane Burgos uh, came out, came out the bang. He had a good performance. Edson obviously getting the finish, looking really good with the weight change at featherweight. He's looking to get another big name. Um, looking forward to matchups. Nate, who would you like to see Edson fight? Uh, let me go to the power rankings real quick, and I'll give you kind of a rough breakdown of where he sits now. I'm pretty sure he doesn't sit that far up now, but still an increase. So currently. He's sitting at a nice number nine ahead of him are Danny Ige, Arnold Annalyn, Josh Emmett, Calvin Kader, Chang Sung Jung, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Max Holloway, and obviously the champ Mac, uh, not Max, Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, keep in mind, Edson is coming off uh, when he made his debut at this weight class. I'm pretty sure he lost to Danny Ige in, I think, maybe a split decision loss or just a unanimous decision. I can't remember, but it was a close fight. There's a lot of people who thought Edson won that fight. Uh... As far as people who are locked up right now, I think obviously Danny Ige is locked up. I believe. I believe he's locked up with someone. I can't think right now. Uh, I might be wrong there. Ar- uh, Arnold Allen obviously fought not too long ago. Josh Emmett uh, might be dealing with an injury. I can't think off the top of my head or might be locked up as well. Calvin Cater obviously had that war with uh, with Max, um, and then uh, Korean Zombie obviously locked up with a uh, fight already. And yeah, he was planning to make his debut soon. Obviously, Brian on the Ultimate Fighter right now with uh, Alex. They're filming that right now, and we're kind of. And I think Max is gonna sit back and kind of wait to see what happens with those guys. Uh, as far as matchups, Nate, who would you like to see Edson Barbosa fight? Like I said, he's sitting at nine, but I think he has a, not, a lot of name power. He's kind of proven himself at this division. He can fight any of those top guys. Uh, who who would you like to see him fight next at featherweight? So- so, so I think it's a hard push, but we have him fight Josh Emmett, okay. Knocks out Josh Emmett, because, you know, Josh Emmett's a knockout machine. Knocks out Josh Emmett, okay, top five. And then it's it's hard to push it, but I want Max Holloway at some Barboza, because I think that's going to be a five-round war. It'd be amazing, absolutely stunning, dude. Max Holloway would eat, Edson Barbosa would eat, dude. It would, it would just be such a good fight, such a good fight. Okay, okay. I, I dig it. Uh. I got, Josh Emmett isn't locked up right now, so I don't know if you know maybe they can make that happen. But like I said, I thought he might have been dealing with a lingering injury. Uh, what I thought would be a fun one to do would be yeah, you're just talking about fighting again soon. I thought yeah, your Rodriguez, uh, Edson Barbosa would be a good fight. 
I know that's a very hard fight for Yair to come back to, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's been out for a long time. Edson's hungry. He has, he has name power behind him. He's a well-established guy, and that way you can push Edson really quick. Edson is a little older now. I think he's like 36, I believe. So, you know, I think that wouldn't be a bad matchup for Edson, and I think it'd be a great fight for Yair because then he'd, get, he'd beat a very good opponent who's ranked below him and kind of hold down his position. Uh, that's the one I like to see. Uh, I will see what the UFC decides to do with Edson, but I think that's my career matchup. I like your matchup as well. I think that'd be a fun one too because he's available. Uh, and he's also talked about how he wants another big guy like in the top five very soon. Uh, I think he named Calvin Cater, uh, uh, Max Holloway, and the Korean Zombie as some of his names, which I think are all good callouts. Um, I'm very excited to see what he continues to do. So... I guess looking back at the prelims, uh, I guess I want to highlight a couple quick fights. As far as prelims, uh, and this is some news I'm dropping here, Nate. I don't know if you saw this, but Jockery just got is now a free agent. With a, uh, he's not in the UFC anymore, so that ended up happening. Obviously, Jockery lost uh, last Saturday night against Andre Muniz, getting submitted a first round. Uh, tough guy. I mean, I got stopped because I heard the break. Uh, I think he got his first surgery. He's doing well. I think it's what the USA reported. Uh, are you surprised at all by the release? Did, did you see it coming? Um, and also, yeah, how just... isn't it a three or four loss? You know, like losing streak. It's it's pretty rough for him right now. Like you know, submissions, KOs, Kevin Holland. You know, but but you know what that means. You know what it means. It's a uh, Bellator time, light heavyweight Grand Prix <laughs> champion, champion time. You know, time to put him in the Grand Prix. Fine by Wait. me. You know, I mean, looking back at it, so looking at his last uh, four, actually five fights. So his last, so starting with the fifth one uh, in 2018, he beat Chris Wyman, finished him in the third round. Uh, following that, there was a Jack Hermanson unanimous loss. Didn't get finished. He had a split decision against Jan Blachowicz back in 2019 when he made the move up to light heavyweight. I'm not sure what that was all about. And uh, it was a split decision, and, and you can argue that he won that fight too. And uh, and more and, and obviously in recent time the more uh, devastating ones were the uh, Kevin Holland uh, obviously uh, knockout from you know him on his back and the Andre Muniz uh, armbar that just happened so it's not like he's been getting decimated lately but he he did pile up a couple of losses I mean prior to the Chris Weidman he got a split decision loss against Kelvin uh, beat Derek Brunson finished Derek Brunson lost to Robert Whitaker who's obviously the champ beat Team Bosch beat Vitor Belfort had a split decision loss to Yo Romero. So it's not like uh, uh, Jocker was getting absolutely murked, but he was piling up losses. Uh, I think it's the I think it's three years and three losses. You know, I think it's the year. You know, it takes him a long time to you know fight. You know, like three years and you have it one. You know, that's kind of like a long time. It doesn't sound too good. You know, it doesn't sound too good. But you know, the UFC has been no surprise to keep people around for a while who haven't won. But now he's a free agent. We'll see if he decides to go to the PFL, Bellator 1, or maybe some other promotion. Who knows? Maybe he goes to those bare nickel boxing. But, uh, you know, credit to his opponent, Andre Muniz, beating Jacare, a legend, submitting him. A lot of people didn't think he would submit him. I'm pretty sure there were some high betting odds on that if you ended up uh, betting on the submission for Andre Muniz, especially in the first round if you were being very precise with it. Uh, obviously, Lando Venata getting a big win, coming back. Jordan Wright. Uh, the Beverly Hills Ninja, I believe, is his uh, moniker. He in the first round of finish against uh, Jimmy Pickett. What a big win. Uh, I felt like he should have deserved the bonus, but you know the UFC, how they are, about not giving bonuses to guys who are on the main card. And Andrew KGB Lee beating Anatina Shevchenko, uh, second round submission. 
we saw that. That was crazy. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the recap of UFC 262. And uh, overall, Nate, did you like the card? Were you happy with it? Were you satisfied with the matchmaking? Yeah, I was happy. There was uh, yeah, it wasn't. It, you know, it was, it was it was fine. I don't think there were many bad, you know, ref calls as usual. You know, they, it was surprisingly like generally pretty well. I mean, like there were a bunch of finishes, but overall, even then, you know, no no horrible ref calls, no robberies. Alrighty. Oh, and I guess I guess we didn't talk about this. So this is actually something interesting. I want to come back to real quick. So do you, do you know what they scored the first round for Michael Chandler versus Oliveira? No, or like they, they scored it. They scored a 10-8. They scored the first round 10-8 for Chandler. Two two judges scored it 10-8 for Chandler, and one scored it a 10-9 for Chandler. Uh, obviously, if the fight would have gone on, there would have been a great possibility that uh, you know, going forward, Chandler uh, that Oliveira, if the fight was close, that Oliveira would have been down around and could have lost it because 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 of a judge giving a 10-8 round so early on. Uh, you know, that's kind of crazy to think. Obviously, at the end of the day, the right guy won. Uh, I know there was a lot of opinions about this. The way I kind of thought about it was like, look, if the fight would have ended, obviously, we don't want it to happen. But I think if the fight would have gone on and it seemed like Oliveira would have won and he would have lost to a 10-8 because of the 10-8 at the round, I would have been – I would have felt some type of way. But because Oliveira got the finish and we didn't get to that point, I'm not worried about it. Obviously, it is still kind of worrisome because it could happen in a future fight, in a championship fight, in a, a five-round four uh we didn't have that here luckily luckily the guy the, the right guy won because he obviously got the finish but i mean it's definitely a little worrisome obviously we talk about judging pretty regularly on this show me and josh are very adamant about changing it a little bit thinking about ways to, to make it better and have we even talked to some of the guys uh i've talked to when we had sammy sam alvey on the show i think we even talked about it a little bit uh i mean this is a conversation that comes up pretty often on the sport and kind of the judging it's very hard to judge it. I, I think the criteria should just be looked over a lot and revised and, and made better. I think that's the big issue too as well. But because in a lot of the comparisons I heard were like in the Alexander Rockage, uh, I believe uh, Anthony Smith fight, the fight <coughs> around where uh, uh, Rockage actually ended up like pounding on Smith and and his teeth fell out during that round. That was scored a 10-9. It's like, well, if you score that a 10-9. How is this a, and and it, and it wasn't a ten eight? How is this a ten eight? And that's a ten nine. So there's there's been a lot of talk about stuff like that. Uh, you know, do you have any kind of quick thoughts on that, Nate? Any opinions? Uh, anything you want to like put out there? Well, I agree with you, Josh. Like, it should be revised, but as you said, it's really really hard to revise. I think that most mostly they need to work on uh grappling and like ground play because I think that's a, a lot less valued. I feel like at times it, it's it's a little overvalued too because it used to be before like you want to you got to take down in a round and that almost won you the fight a lot of the time stuff like that. Um, it's gotten better though where where now the takedown has to lead to something or has to be completed or something and, and then it'll be scored. Uh, something like that. I can't think off the top of my head, but I know I know they fixed stuff like that. It used to be a lot worse. It's it's it's. I hope it slowly gets better, but it, it you know it's it's still a little worrisome. But uh, looking forward to. Uh, this fight night at the UFC Apex, we got Raw Font, Cody Garbrandt leading the main card, Komei Yanshan, yeah, and Shaodan, and then Carla Exparza for the Komei. Um, I mean, to get right into it, Raw Font, Cody Garbrandt, uh, Cody Nolov back, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say reinventing himself, but but, but getting come 
being able to put all the best aspects of himself together to find success because it seemed like at times he almost got he seemed like one of those guys who fought with too much emotion in the fight and maybe show but a little too much because the guy is extremely tired <clears throat> I mean, he's always good to dominate Cruz, and he was he was losing a little bit there uh it was it, was, it wasn't looking great you you made your kind of thing was it just all a fluke you know what, what's going on here because he's he's a very talented guy i mean he's he's a champ people forget he's a former champion i mean it's that's that's something that uh that at one point happened but he ended up uh i mean tj i think tj just got in his head and it kind of messed with him uh Obviously, he had this well, two losses. Definitely wasn't the PEDs. I mean, at the end of the day, Couldn't you could say that, but but there's also been guys who peed other guys on pets, you know? I mean, you can argue that as much as you want. Obviously, it's an advantage if it was a thing, EPO, all that. But he still did lose to TJ regardless. I mean, those two losses still exist on the record. We can't look past those. I mean, they were both finishes. And he ended up losing to Pedro Munoz. And, I mean, unless you want to accuse Pedro Munoz of PEDs, then, I mean, you can't really say anything for that. I mean, he still lost. No, that, that, was, that, was, uh, that was Cody's uh, emotions getting to him, that Pedro fight. But yeah, obviously uh, he he came back. He fought a Rafael Asensio, got a, a nice finish. One of my knockouts, honestly, what I thought were one of the one of the better knockouts of the year. Obviously, there's a lot of hype behind a lot of the other ones. He was scheduled to fight Davidson, uh, but I forgot when. I think he ended up getting COVID, and that kind of messed everything up. And he and, and he made the weight cut, and uh, it was looking like he was going to do it. He was going to fight Davidson for the title, and uh, maybe look at trying to get a dual weight champ. Becoming dual weight champ, get that, hold that belt, come back to bantamweight, try to catch that title. Uh, but now he's fighting Rob Font, Rob Font, who's not riding a, a a three fight win streak. Obviously beating Sergio Pettis, who is now Bellator champ. Uh, it's Ricky Simone, uh, Marlon Rice, who Marlon's looked a uh, a bit rough. I mean, I don't know what we could take too much from that fight because obviously I feel like there's something wrong with Marlon right now. He's not himself. Uh, looking at some of Rob's losses, obviously uh, Rafael Sensao. Uh, talented guy, Pedro Munoz, one of the best guys in the division, John Lineker, one of the best guys in this division to ever be in it. Uh, long time in the UFC, been in here since uh, 2014. Has um, been great for the organization in, in a very deep bantamweight division now. Uh, he's fighting, he's looking forward to fight uh, Cody Nola. Um, I mean, I guess let's get right into it, Nate. Uh, who, do you, who do you got in this fight? Do you got Rock Fun or Cody Nola to, to take this uh Take this W. Ooh, I, th- I think Cody. I think he's going to come out there. You know. Uh, I don't want to be wrong about this. I don't want to be wrong about this at all. I do think it'll be Cody, though. Like, uh, you know, like like you said, like Marlon, you know, Marlon, you know, you can't really judge anything off that fight. You know, Marlon's been on a, a really bad skid recently. But uh, I really hope Cody comes out and knocks him out. Like, good finish, you know. Really beautiful knockout. Some, you know. Okay, okay. Well, I mean, obviously, Rafa can't be looked over. Obviously, it's some nice ones on the record. Um, only has been finished ever once, and it was a it was a submission. It wasn't a it wasn't a strike. And he's fought some good striking guys. I mean, I think he'll be hard to put out if if, if somehow is uh, uh, Cody's able to do it. Do I think Cody will be able to finish Rafa? I actually don't think so. I think he'll actually be able to take. I think it'll be a I'll go the distance. It'll be the five rounds. Maybe he gets it. I mean, if he is, it does it very late, and it has to. It's gonna have to be a pile of punches. I don't see Cody maybe finishing Rob. It's. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, Cody's very has dynamite in his hands, especially for that division. He's one of the the hardest hitters in that division without a doubt. But Rob has a heck of a chin too. I've seen him take a couple shots, and I, I think a lot of guys would have folded to. And, and obviously, he stayed in it. He has a couple finishes himself. Obviously, he's a threat himself. I don't think he should be looked over. I wouldn't be surprised if he came out on top. 
over Cody, that'd be a big win for him, and he'd be back in the mix real quick. I mean, it's not like he's out of the mix, but he'll be right there with it. I mean, obviously, a big name like that is going to carry a lot of power. Uh, and, yeah, as far as who I got, I think I'm going to pick Cody. If he does get it, I think it'll be a late finish. I'm, I'm leaning you decision. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that one, but I'm, I'm going to go with decision for that. I think Cody gets the W and uh, keeps making his way up those bantamweight rankings. And now to get into co-main, Yan Xiaonan, Carl Esparza. Yan Xiaonan is one of those one of the fighters that I kind of randomly found just looking through the Rio C roster uh, quite a while back before she kind of got kind of some of her bigger name wins. Uh, or when I first discovered her, not not too long back, I kind of kept an eye on her. And kind of as time has gone on, obviously Wei Li, her her other, uh, you know, obviously another fighter from China, she kind of came up their rankings. And uh, Yan is, only, is 13 one now. At the time when I saw her, I forgot what her record was. Uh, it was before the Angela Hill fight. So she hadn't had that kind of name yet, but I was I, I had talked at the time when she kind of beat Angela Hill and Carolina that I was telling Josh I'm like Josh I mean the the China the China super fight I mean we know how big the Chinese market is if she can get that <laughs> Whaley uh, title fight I mean this is a massive fight for both those girls I mean we saw how big the arena was filled when she, when Whaley fought for the title and won the title I mean I can't imagine how big and, and, and massive it'd be if they fought in China again and then it was Sean Sean Yanan versus Whaley for the title. And uh, now we sit here, and she's fighting Carla Esparza, former champ. Obviously, I think that one of the best ways this was described is former champ versus future future champ. Uh, or some people would say future contender, but I think I see her as a champ, too. I mean, she's super talented. I mean, her wins now are in the UFC. Angela Hill, Carolina Kovacajic, Claudia Gidelia, Carla Esparza. And I'm not Carla Esparza yet, but it could be Carla Esparza. I mean, all those names are insane. I mean, she's pretty much there for a title. Uh, I mean, she's right on the verge of it. Uh She's really exciting. She's very intelligent. She's a smart fighter. She's taking on Carla Esparza and a former champion. I mean, she's kind of kind of come back. Obviously, she got the clouded Gudelius with the decision loss that I think people thought she won. Uh, and then she had the Tatiana Suarez loss, which was in the third round uh, yeah, later that same year. And since then, she's she's been able to get a couple wins, uh, some nice names in there, Alexa Grosso, Michelle Watterson, Marina Rodriguez, and obviously she beat uh, Shannon Yan here. I mean, man, she's she's already back in the mix. Uh, she she's a she's a hard fight. She's a hard fight. She's a hard out. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have to see if uh, Xiaoyan can perform. You know, Nate, look, looking at this fight right now, you know, who do, who do you pick? Who's your who do you think comes out on top? And do you think the person who wins this fight is next in and next in line for a title shot, or is really close to being uh, right there for it? Well, uh, I see what you're saying. Like, I, I think Yan. I think Yan. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think Yon. I think Yon would beat Carla, but the only thing is, like, if you put her up against Rose, you know, like, I, I want to see the Rose fight with her. But you make a really good point with Whaley, like that. That's that's a much better seller, even though you know it's championship, not championship fight. I think it'd sell a lot better. But if Carla wins, I, I think skip, you know, skip skip Whaley. You don't want to put her against Whaley and just have her straight up fight Rose. You know, we don't you know, we don't want to see the Whaley, but but the, but then who who does Rose fight like? If if Yon if Yon goes to fight Wele, who's Rose gonna fight? If she wants to fight, like, do you just give her Carla, even though Carla just lost? Or like, do you, do you want to push up Yoana? You know, do you want to push? You know, that that's where it gets me. It really like constrains the rankings up there. It's really gonna make it really jam packed and just slow it all down. But huh. yeah, and Yoana's sitting at three right now. Do you think she would? Would you be opposed to maybe her having one more fight fighting Yoana and seeing if she wins that? Uh, I th- 
I think she's only good. I think you just push her. She's already up there. She's number three. You know, you just you you know she beats Carla. You push her. You don't need the what you know. You don't need Whaley to fight Rose instantly. It wasn't that close. Or you don't want you don't need Joanna versus Rose and Joanna versus Whaley just happens. So you know, just put push her. Or, it's I don't like the idea of pushing. Carla, though, if she lost, you know, like, oh, she lost. Let her fight, you know, let her fight Rose anyways. You know? Mm-hmm. And if you think, if Carla wins, do you think she gets the title shot and actually fights Rose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, For her sake, I hope she doesn't have to fight Ioana or Wele, you know? Just just put, you skip them, you know? Just skip now, do you them, think, fight uh, Rose. Uh, do you think uh, Rose is going to refight Wele? Do you think they're going to have a rematch? I don't, I don't think she wants to. I wouldn't. I just not didn't. Wasn't it first round? It was first no. round. It was, was second, wasn't it? No, it was first round. Yep, you're right. You're right. First round. Yeah, first round head kick, dude. It's like you can't just no. It's it's Paulo Izzy. You don't get a you know. I don't care if you're drinking wine the night before. It's not happening. I mean, you yeah. know what it's worth. I mean, she did win the title against the girl who beat her, and uh, and then finished her, and then also defended the title against in a in a crazy fight. Uh, Obviously, she lost it in sudden fashion, but, you know, don't, I mean, don't you think she at least deserves some warrant for at least a rematch, Whaley does? Because, I mean, Whaley, doesn't really, Whaley isn't really far away from getting a rematch anyways. I mean, if she fights one person, she gets it next. I mean, it's really what it is. Yeah. What is I, mean, it? You, I mean, as much as you want to argue she... it, she, she's really in a position to fight Rose again. I mean, Rose is her only loss at, at the top. It's not like she's lost anybody below her. And she beat the person who's ranked, I believe, number two in Ioana. I mean, Rose, I mean, Whaley would really have to fight down to you know have to if she needed to fight someone you know especially as far as how it works out i mean everybody's kind of coming off pretty uh kind of everybody up there is kind of matched up or coming off a, a pretty recent fight who'd, who'd she take it from who'd waylay take it from she take it from andrage took it from andrage yes yeah so she took it beat one person lost a rose i don't it just really gets to me it feels so hard for me to just instant rematch you well know? she can't fight Yuana. Jan will be coming off a win and then that'd be a contender fight or number one person to fight it Mackenzie Dern obviously just fought not so long ago and I don't think they would want Mackenzie Dern to fight Whaley or one of those girls who was already there so that's what I'm telling you the kind of the division is kind of in a weird state because there's kind of the people you kind of have settled down that you know are going to fight which is either going to be Carlos Rosa like Joshua now who either gets the next title shot or is in line for it or you do the Way Lee and Rose rematch. You know what I mean? I mean, there isn't really too much to work with if you want to give it to the right person, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I mean, that's just maybe, the current state Well, of it. you know what we could do? Maybe we can just uh, have you on fight Carla. Maybe whoever wins that, you know, have him fight Wele and just let Rose, you know, take a leisurely long break, you know? That, that, that might honestly be the most real, you know, outcome, you know, the closest to reality. Mm-hmm. Long break fight, you know, set her up with Wele, and then Rose is like, I'll take the winner of that. Mm-hmm. And Yoana, I don't know who they put. Maybe, maybe Yoana McKenzie. I don't know if McKenzie wants that fight, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to the the Wele Yan uh, super fight if Yan were to come out on top of Carla versus Wele. I mean, I guess the one thing is, if I think, feel like if Carla wins, they push Carla for the ro- for the title shot. But if uh, Yan wins, I guess they could really push the title, the kind of title eliminator between Whaley and Yan, and then they get their China super fight. If by then they're able to make events in China, uh, it's just kind of dependent. I, I know the UFC will figure it out. There's just a lot going on there. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'm sure, uh, I, as, as much as it sucks, I really don't think the strawweight division uh, titles going to defend it again this year. Uh, I did talk about this to Josh. I told Josh, I really do think this title at this weight class is going to shift because of the level of competition because I don't see one girl dominating this division for a long time right now as it stands. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, so I, 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 I could, could you see Rose defending it one more time though? Oh yeah, definitely. I could see Rose defending it one more time. Well, uh, but who do you think Rose is gonna lose to in that top? You she know, can lose to anybody that. in the top five, in my opinion. But do you, do you think she's going to? You think she? She's not gonna lose to Joanna. Do you think Whaley? If she rematches Whaley, you think? Whaley's I feel like Whaley could in? beat her. I feel like Whaley could beat her. I feel like Jan could beat her. I feel obviously Carla's beat her, so I know Carla could beat her again. Oh, like, you know that would actually is, well, look at that. That now that you said that, I forgot about that. If yeah. you know, if Jan beats Carla, Rose too. I, I remember now. Yeah, if Jan beats Carla, you know, and then she's like, you know what, go fight Whaley, dude. That Carla versus Rose is a great fight. You know, you beat me once. You know, I want. You know, I'm back. I'm I'm the champ. You know, but I'm gonna beat you now. I lo- I love that. So obviously, there's a lot to work with there. We kind of talked about that division. Like, I I think I wouldn't be surprised if six month if a year from now we have a different champ at this division. Uh, that's kind of the way I, I, I talked to him about that right after Rose won. But uh, you know, let's let's get back to the card. We'll talk a little bit about that. We stuck on that topic a lot because obviously that division is really deep and competitive right now. When it comes to it's it's the most competitive women's division right now. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. Uh, on the main card, Justin Taffa, Jerry Von Derek coming back. Um, they'll be fighting that night. They'll be the third fight of the, I guess uh, at the end of the, was it third yes. the last fight of the card, and they'll well, be some shoeies. I want Justin Toffa to give us some shoeies. Maybe. We'll see. And then Felicia Spencer, Norma DeBond, obviously potentially the last featherweight fight we might see. Potentially. I don't know. Obviously the opponent changed. It was originally supposed to be uh, Felicia Spencer versus Daniel Wolf. Now it changed to Norma DeBond, Felicia Spencer. Uh, at Flyway, we got uh, David Dorek and Romino Pavia fighting at Flyweight. Obviously those two guys... Like I said, man, a flyweight division, also another big, you know, deep division, just like the flyweights are. And at middleweight, this is kind of a other fight that I really want to get into is Edmund Shabazian, Jack Hermanson. Uh, I feel some type of way about this fight, Nate. I am not really happy with the matchmaking here. Uh, I feel like they're pushing Edmund again too fast. They're fighting. He's fighting Jack Hermanson. Obviously, uh, the man has a total of 27 fights to Jack Hermanson's 12 fights. Jack uh, uh, Edmund Shabazian's 12 fights. I mean, and he's coming off his. He's coming off his first professional loss. He's 20, 23 years old, uh, and he's going to be taking on Jack Hermanson. I mean, if he gets to win, obviously good for him. Obviously, no doubts. Big W, right? He's super up the rankings. But I'm not a big fan of it, man. I feel like the UFC are pushing Edmund Shabazzian a little too hard right now. They could have, uh, could be putting him in still very competitive fights and also develop him so he can obviously find success because he did enter the UFC at a very young age, and they're not doing him any favors here. Do you feel any type of way about this matchup, Nate? I mean, obviously, the last time we saw Jack Hermanson, he was in Marvin Vittori with, a, would say, a very competitive fight. Obviously, before that, he beat Kelvin Gaslam in the first round with a heel hook. He did get, he did lose to Jerry Kenny before that, before the, and and before that, it was Jacques Ray and David Branch. So he had he had some good wins, uh, kind of to his name. He submitted Jerome Morshard, obviously a guy with a lot of submissions in in that weight class. And now they may have him matched up against Edmund Shavazian, which. Him coming off his first loss, and it, and it was a finish to Derry Brunson, who's obviously now on a longer win streak, looking looking to be in a title shot position again. What are what are kind of your thoughts overall over this fight? Do you, do you think the matchmaking could have been done better? Uh, you know, just just your general overview. Yeah, I think if I, th- I like you said, Edmund, Ed, I think Ed's been in some trouble, dude. Edmund, Edmund's not, you know, no favors for him. Like he's so young, there's no. Re- he's so young, 23. He has so much time, you know. He doesn't need to, you know, just go out there and fight. Like I think Jack Hermanson is still, you know, he's isn't he still top ten, eight? Probably, right probably around some there, probably somewhere. Like he's still in Ed- Edmonds coming off a loss. 
Jack Hermanson, he's coming off. Is, is it a loss? It's a loss. It should be a yeah, loss. Yeah, coming off a loss, but still a really good fight, you know. It's just, it, it's so rough, you know, because, you know, if Edmund loses this, who, who does Edmund fight now? Then, then if Edmund loses this, then he's going to be doing what they already should have done. You know, they already should make him fight a couple, you know, a couple smaller guys, you know, not, not as good as Jack. Then, then come fight Jack, you know. Who knows? Jack might lose a couple times then. by then. I like the matchup, though. I think it's going to be a good fight, but I think it's going to be really, really, really hard for Edmund. Mm, yeah, so Jack Hermans is actually sitting at 7 right now. Edmund Shabazz is sitting at 10. And even then, I mean, Edmund Shabazz, if he does fight down, I mean, the, the names are kind of Brad Tavares, Kevin Holland, Amari Akhmadov, obviously Chris Wyman, but I'm sure Chris Wyman might fall out of those rankings with inactivity soon. And Sean Strickland. So if he does fight, I mean, if he if he ends up losing, I mean, even if he does end up fighting down, I mean, the opponents below him are not any any much better in my opinion. I mean, I think he he could win, but is he gonna win? That's kind of my thing. And I guess Jack Hermanson. I mean, I I just don't know, man. I think it's just gonna be a little too tough for him. I I don't think, it's, and then I don't want to doubt the guy, but I just don't think this is the fight for him right now, especially coming off a loss. Um, so I guess we laid that out pretty well. Uh, as far as the prelims, I wanted to talk about this a little bit, uh, Nate. So Ben Rothfeld is fighting Chris Barnett. Are you aware of Chris Barnett? Name At all? super familiar. Okay, super well, familiar. Okay, so Chris Barnett is is five nine and is fighting at heavyweight. Do you know what his previous weight class was by any chance, Nate? Just just want to well, guess. It's probably probably middleweight, welterweight. He was fighting at super heavyweight. Damn. Uh, yeah, Chris Barnett was fighting super heavyweight, and the reason you might know Chris Barnett, Chris Barnett is that guy who looks like Mark Henry a little bit, who's who's on all those. Daza is the big black guy who was a little heftier, who was in all those clips on YouTube of him doing like spinning shit, spinning sidekicks. Oh, that's Chris Barnett. That is Chris Barnett. Oh Chris my, Barnett is, is making like one or something, dude. He fought, he's always he's in fought, the. He's fought in Road FC. He's fought in a number of different promotions, but the UFC just has now finally decided to sign him. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> thought that. He should have been signed years ago. He actually doesn't have a bad record. I mean, for a long time he was he, he was he was uh twelve and one. Ended up losing uh, a few here and there, and he went on a little losing streak there. He lost to a guy who uh, I can't think of his name of, but he lost to a good guy a while back. And uh, he's since then gone on a little win streak. Went on a little what is that two? What is that three, four, five, five win streak? He's, I think he's running a six win streak into UFC right now. He fought at UAE Warriors uh, late last year. I guess maybe Dana might have got a look at him out there. And uh, yeah, man, he he's out here now. He's gonna fight Ben Rothwell. Interesting matchup. Uh, ben can either be, I think, he'd be a very boring guy. He's hard to finish. I mean, his his. I think looking. Yeah, let me take a quick look here at his finished losses if he has any. I think it might be two in recent time, if I remember right. But yeah, let me see here real quick. So his last loss that was by finish was way back in 2013 against Gabriel Gonzaga. It was a guillotine choke. And prior to that, it was Cain Velasquez in 2009. He got It was second round, and it was the punches. And before that, it was Andre Velasquez in 2008. So he's a really hard guy to put out because even in recent time when he has lost, it's been decision losses. And uh, is it be hard for Chris Barnett, uh, for, for a guy who's so compact and small, and carries a fair bit of power, but can do the kind of athletic things he does. I think it's a very interesting matchup. He's going to be a fun guy to watch. I think hopefully the UFC keeps him around for a couple of fights and for quite a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that. I mean, a lot of people thought he should have been in the UFC probably a little while ago, just just for, just for entertainment value, but we have him now. I think he's the main guy that I want to highlight from from the undercard. I mean, there's some other guys here, Bruno Silva, Victor Rodriguez, 
Yancy Medeiros, uh, and then the main fight that I think everybody should be keeping an eye on at lightweight is Rafael Arbiz Demir Azamulov, lightweight. He's 22 and one. He comes from the country Kazakhstan. He is not ranked yet in lightweight. I think he's trying to get there real soon. I think he won't be far off from far off from it soon. He's a very interesting dude. I think he has very good striking, is what I've heard. And he's going to be opening up the UFC uh, uh, prelims, and I think that's a guy we also want to keep an eye out for. So there's some there's some stuff to look forward to in this card. It, it's litter around. It's maybe not the biggest names, but looking forward, it's real fun. Uh, let me see here, and I guess uh, we'll be moving on to our next sponsor, Nate, which is Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight. There you go. Monkey Knife Fight is a daily fantasy sports game website for casual sports fans that is simple, fun, and easy to play. Users determine which superstars competing in day in the day's professional sporting events will rec- record more or less than the contest line provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without the algorithms, lineups, and most importantly, sharks. There are several contests to choose from, None of which require hours of research on the competing side that start as simple as two for two or go up to highest payouts of 100 times and higher. By selecting an 8-8 more or less contest, get started now with 100% instant match bonus up to hundred up to $50 with promo code COURTSIDE. That is code COURTSIDE when you do your deposit. Now, Nate, I guess we're going to get into a little bit more here. I wanted to talk about some big news that came out this week about boxing. So uh, over the last week, we had heard that Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury was pretty much finalized. It was going to happen in Saudi Arabia. It was all set, and they were going to make all this money. They're going to go out there, put on a show. You know, the the, the title is going to be unified. All this amazing stuff is going to happen. But lo and behold, I believe Monday day, Monday morning, I can't remember, Deontay Wilder's legal team comes out and I guess they go to court and they had been going to court because originally after that Deontay Wilder lost against Tyson Fury, there was a rematch clause that was going to guarantee a second fight and they were going to fight. They're going to have a really quick turnaround too. It wasn't going to be very long, which at the time everybody was like, well, that's a quick turnaround. Obviously that's going to be hard with the when he lost his equilibrium and obviously he's going to have to make that quick, you know, turnaround and then COVID struck. And the rematch doesn't end up happening, and they're talking about you know potentially making the rematch, and obviously they wanted fans, I think, and all this other stuff, and it and it, and it was it didn't seem like it was going to happen, and it took it to court, and it was settled now that well by September I believe 15th, Tyson Fury must fight Deontay Wilder, and well that kind of came as a shock to the world because uh, Tyson Fury I guess was scheduled to fight. Or was and we all thought it was gonna happen. It was set up by Anthony Joshua now, so that's kind of thrown all of that out the window. And they're kind of trying to figure out. They're trying to see if they want step aside money. If they're gonna if they can see if they can figure out a way to extend it. But right now they it seems like it. Oh, what'd you say? Crazy fact. They could still do it. Tyson just has to knock him out round one, and uh, take him like the first week of September. It's possible. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean theoretically, but it doesn't work Fairy like tale. that theoretically it could happen like that but it's not going to happen right because of just you know sanctioning bodies and all that they wouldn't allow it to happen but uh yeah nate that's kind of in the saga right now i mean it seems like anthony joshua and tyson fury will not be fighting this year uh this year it will be deontay wilder bomb squad versus tyson fury for the trilogy trilogy rematch and i mean it's been told that there's been rumors that they did offer tyson they did they, they offered Deontay step aside money and then guarantee him the fight. 
and that he said no but there's also rumors that they uh, that Deontay is like okay I'll do it but only if you give me this much but realistically you know obviously Deontay's gonna make more money from actually doing the fight rather than getting step aside money and maybe being guaranteed the fight afterwards because it's 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 worth you know it's a word of thing you know it's it's math to mouth you know nothing's guaranteed right obviously the contracts would be the most important thing if they if they did that and uh you know, I just want to get your thoughts on it, Andrew. You're a little disappointed we didn't get Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. You know, it's obviously a little disappointing. But at the same time, I was a, I was very up on like, hey, man, it's a contract. He needs to give him that second fight. You know, it was promised to him. Obviously, COVID fucked that up. But hey, man, COVID fucked up a lot of our lives as well. So, you know, he, he needs to be given this 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 chance at this fight again. Obviously, see if he can come back and get that victory. I mean, right, you know, it, it, it's just what's fair. Obviously, the contracts are, are a big thing. Let's Let's see, man. Uh, I I just think it's the fair thing to do, Nate. I just want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, hurts my soul a little bit, just a little bit. You know, I not like I really I don't honestly care if they unified because I still I still think uh, Tyson is the better boxer. But uh, with the uh, the way I think about it now, now it's like it really gets stuck up there too. You know, that's another now now the heavyweight. You know, it's always kind of a little slow, but it's gonna be really slow. Like if if Deontay wins, are they gonna push Deontay Anthony? Like, oh, I mean, it's, it's gonna, I feel like you have get, to. It's gonna be really slow, and this is just my own personal question. So, if Anthony, you know, like if Tyson beats Anthony, and all, or you know, Anthony beats Tyson, and they all get unified, do they have to fight? Like, you know, because they have like they have to fight. You know, will they have like three different opponents they'd have to fight? You know, between different organizations to keep the belt. I mean, there's you know, always like w- WBO is like you have to fight this guy, you know. I mean, yeah, if you gotta fight this guy. I mean, there's always there's obviously always your mandatories, which you which you have to do. Uh, it would just depend on how things work out at that time. I don't know if there's any mandatories now that the, any bill needs them to do. I think Uzik's a mandatory right now for someone. I think he's mandatory for Joshua that that needs to happen at some point. So I guess yeah, yeah. In the meantime, they could do Usyk, Joshua, and then Wilder Tyson happens. And then I think the winner of that obviously would fight. I think, in my opinion, the best outcome for, me, for that to be is for them to fight that. So I think, in my opinion, what should happen is they should try to make Uzik versus Joshua now and get that done. And then fight. And then obviously, once jo- Deontay Tyson happens, the winner of that gets Joshua afterwards. And I think you still get a massive fight because I think Deontay versus Joshua is still a massive fight. I mean, it's still UK versus USA. I mean, what's bigger than that? Obviously, UK versus UK because obviously those guys, you know, they have such massive fan bases out there would have been huge too. But obviously, there's a lot of legality. There's a lot of technical stuff with titles and like, oh, he he could vacate and not have to wear, or he could, you know, make the fight not a title fight by doing this. Or the only way he could avoid it, I think, would be retiring. And obviously, Tyson's not gonna retire now to avoid Deontay. And I mean, this is it's a scary thing, man, because obviously, you know, these guys take a lot of damage at heavyweight. You know, you, you leave part of yourself in there. And I mean, in that first uh, Deontay fight, I mean, you saw Tyson go down twice, man. He came back from. The, the the 12th round knockdown stood back up in the Undertaker and, and came back to outbox him in that round I believe and, and take the round if I remember right but it's still uh it's still crazy dude I mean it, there's a lot going on there um I, I don't know what they're gonna end up doing I think at the end of the day what's gonna happen is kind of what I said hopefully I think that's the best possible outcome if it does it does if it doesn't it doesn't uh boxing's always been kind of complicated like this when it comes to matchmaking and stuff like i said i think the fair thing was to give the guy the fight you promised it to him in the contract they signed a contract for a reason COVID happened it fucked up people's lives like i said and that's just how it is and we got to move on and make it work um i mean and, and as far as this week if there's anything else in boxing i mean there's nothing really going on right now that i could there's a couple there's there's some big fights coming up nothing i want to get into too much obviously 
Uh, Josh Taylor, Jose Carlos Ramirez are fighting this week. Uh, next week is going to be Devin Haney, Jorge Linares. I'm sure me and Josh will get into that if Josh is back next week. I don't know that if that's guaranteed yet. Um, but yeah, Nate, I think I think that was a good one, dude. I, I, I'm happy to have you on. Uh, obviously, socials at courtside. Sound off one, I think, I believe. Obviously, hey, I mean, just to be honest, if you go on Twitter, you put in courtside sound off, you'll find us. Obviously, Andrew Ortega underscore O one. Verified. Uh, Verified. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, obviously, I want to thank Nate for coming on 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 relatively short notice, but Nate was already kind of, I was already kind of thinking about bringing Nate on regardless for this week. Uh, I just had to guarantee his time because of some stuff that came up. Uh, is there anything else you want to say, Nate? Any quick thoughts out there for the public? Oh, thanks for having me. Alrighty, Nate, I, I appreciate. Yep. yep, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know, we'll see you next time. Yep.